We both lie silently still in the dead of the night Although we both lie close together We feel miles apart inside Was it something I said or something I did? Did my words not come out right? Though I tried not to hurt you Though I tried But I guess that's why they say Every rose has its thorn Just like every night has its dawn Just like every cowboy Sings a sad, sad song Every rose has its thorn yeah, I listen to a favourite song Then on the radio How ballad Friday and for today take yourself back in time to the late 80s you walk out of the phone booth you're broken up and so you decide to send one last mixtape and on that mixtape is Poison who sums it up when they sing instead of making love we both made our separate ways and now I hear you've found somebody new and that I never meant that much to you and I've there's no song out there that documents separation so well because just like the cowboy says every rose has its thorn. As if it's Why? not bad enough that you've already given me a headache today. I forgot that it was Power Ballad Friday. Oh, <laughs> Alexia, I'm, Alexia, come on. I'm so... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Alexia is not having a good day. I'm so sorry <laughs> to pile on Absolutely traumatising her. Yeah, I'm yeah. so sorry to pile on the John Bavatos and now Poison. My apologies. I'm going to make it up to you next time, I promise you. Uh-huh. I'm going to bring you, bring you your cheese gone. But but to the person who does enjoy a little bit of power, better Romani, nothing like poison, eh? Oh, I mean, I'm sorry. I love what do they call them? Like soft rock or whatever. Eh? Yeah, and exactly. they, you know, like such a kind of um, dangerous name, like poison. But they yeah. pump out a, a classic, just a yeah. classic. Very good. Good on you. There you go, Power Bell of Friday. Every rose has its thorn, 1988. Uh, a lot of response regarding uh, the nurses' rally. Uh, I agree, as an advanced nurse practitioner, the mountain of work is unremitting. And we are expected to do larger amounts of work out of the kindness of our hearts, unpaid and with uh, the risk of uh, medical repercussions if we get it wrong. And out-of-hours work can be dangerous. And it's worse in rural areas where inequities are shocking. Thank you very much for your feedback this afternoon. I always appreciate it. Text me, 2101. You can email the panel at We have Alexia Russell and Rewani Pereira with me this afternoon. Now, we've all heard about the major shake-up to the government's controversial water policy, now called affordable water reforms, not three waters. We've heard about the proposed four public water entities going to ten. We've heard about co-governance or not. We've heard all about that. What I want to know is if I get a glass from the cupboard and I put it under the tap and I turn it on and I drink it, Am I being well served with the quality of that water? If we did nothing, 
would I be able to put that glass under the tap and drink it straight in 20 years' time? What is our drinking water like? With us is Dr. Lakesh Pate, a senior lecturer in civil and environmental engineering at Auckland University, and he's commented on water issues. Uh, Dr. Pate, welcome. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Wallace. So, uh, it's a pleasure. So let me ask you, is New Zealand generally well served with its drinking water? Yeah, the short answer is no. And I don't want to throw all the statistics, but if you look at the report a couple of years ago from Ministry of Health, it said about one in five New Zealanders are not really served with the water that meets all the water quality standards. Uh, but there is plenty of information online about it. Uh, what I want to... Uh, actually raise a point regarding this question is that I haven't seen a country where uh, the drinking water is clean, uh, but they haven't managed stormwater and wastewater really well. So in some ways, actually, the three water reform name was more appropriate because we have to look at the water cycle holistically. And uh, in, on all three water fronts, currently, we are not well served. Okay, so that's uh, pretty straight, isn't it? We're not well served with our drinking water. Our panellists will have uh, views and questions on this, uh, Lakesh. You said last year, I'm quoting you, that it, when it comes to three waters infrastructure, New Zealand is far behind the developed world. I was interested in that. Do you want to explain that a bit? Sure. Uh, so I stand behind that comment, uh, and I hope I'm not in the minority for, for the water quality professionals. Uh, because uh, in, when you look around, actually, we like to compare ourselves to uh, Western Europe, uh, U.S., Scandinavian countries. Uh, but if you look at the actual state-of-the-art technologies that we are implementing in water and wastewater network, we are far behind. We, we actually have only in certain regions the advanced wastewater treatment, for example, we don't have the 21st century stormwater management solutions that are very commonly now used, not only in Europe or America, but across the ditch in Melbourne, uh, Sydney. They have really good stormwater management solutions, which we still are lacking in majority part of the country. So uh, considering all three waters, yes, I, I, I will stand behind that comment. Interesting. Rawani. Mm. Well, I mean, Lakesh, we do lots of stories, um, you know, about the poor quality water in Māori communities. I mean, you know, I don't think people quite appreciate that um, there are still boil um, boil notices up. Um, they have been for the last sort of almost 20 years up, up in the far north, you know. Um, yeah. I, I, I think, you know, something has to be done for these um, communities. I don't know if this is the right way, but I feel like we have to try something because to have, um, you know, I was born in a third world country that um, had poor water conditions. You don't expect that of, of New Zealand, um, right? The cash, right? Uh, that's correct. Yeah, that's. I completely echo your sentiments in the sense uh, we uh, in a developed country take it for granted, some of the things like, uh, uh, you know, safe water to drink. But if you look at the state of the waters around, and this has been, again, uh, illustrated through a number of recent reports. Uh, just a couple of days ago, Ministry for Environment released a report about our state of the freshwater. It says, like, um, uh, half of the New Zealand rivers are unsuitable for swimming due to Campylobacter, which are the pathogens responsible for Havelock North six years ago that caused, uh, you know, plenty of illnesses and so on. And then also uh, uh, most of the stormwater uh, overflows end up in our rivers and lakes uh, with nitrogen, pesticides, and so on. So that, that has those issues linked directly to the drinking water quality. So completely agree that something needs to be done. 
and in some ways i really appreciate government taking the initiative whether it's a right approach or not uh, we we can discuss further about that alexia it's interesting what what's happened today it's kind of a rebranding of three waters i mean i feel like if the government had described it at stop the poo fountains in your streets in the first place maybe it would have taken a different approach to it but um you know Karen McAnulty, what a breath of fresh air he was today explaining in simple terms why we need this um you know and it's it's money you know it's because councils cannot afford to replace this aging stormwater structure and sewage um situation um and, and you know hopefully I hope it does go through and it doesn't get repealed because it is something like this is what we need, and I haven't heard a better plan yet. Well, that, just on that price, uh, Dr. Pate, uh, I mean, the price, let's just say it, it's just eye watering, isn't it? Up, up to $180 billion. Uh, I mean, councils can't afford that. Is that really the sort of price we need to pay? Why so high? Yeah, so I, I haven't really done a lot of research into $180 billion number, but I can put a little bit that number in the context. So a couple of years ago, U.S. released their report and they said that they need about a trillion dollars um, for upgrading their water infrastructure. Wow. So it's, it's the scales are not very dissimilar. Of course, they are 60 times bigger in terms of population. But what I'm imagining government here meant is that they are not just replacing the old pipes. They really want to install the new water, wastewater treatment solutions, water management solutions, which is going to be a hugely costly affair. So, so the number may not be 180 billion, but it would be in a billion dollars range for sure. Interesting. Now, just just on that, because um, I started the case by you know, forget about the co-governance and the entities and the policy stuff. Just that act of, uh, like I do every day, like we do, like I did just before. Um, I take a glass out of the cupboard and I put it under the tap and I. And I have a glass of water. And Professor Michael Baker last year said, quoting, clean drinking water and effective sewage disposal, described as sanitation, is fundamental to public health, so much so that we take it for granted. Do you think that's the case, Lakesh? Do we take turning on the tap and getting clean water for granted here in Aotearoa? Uh, Don't you? Uh, We we all do in some ways, right? Because we are so used to this lifestyle, as particularly in developed countries, when you get thirsty at home, you don't run to supermarket, you trust your tap water is doing the job. And when you flush the toilet, you don't want to see that sewage uh, ever again. But what you're expecting is that someone is taking good care of it and removing all the contaminants and so on. Uh, but what, what we are seeing now with all these recent reports is that that's not the case. Nice to have you on. Uh, that's Dr. Lakesh Padai, Senior Lecturer in Civil and Environmental Engineering at the University of Auckland. Let me ask you, Rawani, just to put it into context. Yeah. So I take it for granted, don't we, and you, we, we, we're oh. here in New Zealand. But I was interested in what you were saying about uh, – remind me where you grew up. Uh, I grew up, well, I was born in Colombo, so, you know, I take it we weren't, uh, you know, that wasn't probably the best. Um, but I grew up in Kauro in New Zealand yeah. and in the Bay of Plenty, and that was like the purest, most beautiful. I mean, Otakiri Springs now bottle water and sell it for a eye-watering price in restaurants now. So I, I was very spoiled with water, and I do think we take it for granted, and that's why when we go right. to these communities and, and communities have to buy bottled water in New Zealand, really, because of the poor standards and quality. And I think they were looking for about $2.5 million to get it cleaned and sortable yeah. and drinkable, and it still hadn't been done. So, yeah, I mean, not, yeah. not all is equitable across the country. 
Uh, and it's a reminder, Alexia, there are, there are some communities, uh, other places in the world, uh, like Colombo, where it's the norm for uh, you go to the supermarket and you buy maybe a few days' worth of bottled water, and that'll be your drinking water. Yeah, and, and all the plastic that goes with that yeah. as well, which is horrendous. Yes. I mean, there are even some places, you know, in London, I didn't used to drink the tap water because it tasted chemically. There was a chemical tang to it. You know, we do take for granted that we can turn on the tap in a place like Auckland yeah. and drink it. Mm. Yeah. Uh, we live in Northland and drink beautiful, sweet rainwater harvested from our roof to a tank. We recently stayed with a family in Auckland and found the tap water utterly undrinkable. It made me feel sick. Uh, we had to go to Countdown and buy bottled water to drink. What is going on here? We are better off in uh, rural Northland. That's... Well, yeah, and yeah. that's interesting, isn't it? Better off or different? You yeah. know, I quite often find that when I go to a place like Rotorua that I get a stomachache for the first day from drinking water there. It's just a matter of getting used to a different <laughs> set of bugs and... You know, the yeah. different tastes. You're on the panel on RNZ National. We have Alexia Russell and Rwani Pareto with me this afternoon on Friday afternoon. It's lovely to have your company. Now, at its height, Tupperware reigned supreme. It wasn't just a plastic container with a good lid. It was a movement. Its name transcended the product like Xerox. It was cult-like. There were parties, Tupperware parties. You'd play games, a sort of key party for store solution addicts. The company has <laughs> fallen from a truly great height. On the brink of collapse, shares have plunged 90%. The Tupperware party, it's over. But not quite yet. With us is Shirley Rust. She was a Tupperware consultant, been in the business 20 years longer than anyone else, a complete expert in what we know as Tupperware. Shirley, wonderful to have you on the panel. Yes, yes, that's right, yes. And Tupperware, Shirley, it was a huge part of your life, wasn't it? Definitely, yes, yes. I was um, selling the product for 45 years and it was a wonderful career, absolutely wonderful, yes, um, yes. Can you, call, can you recall the Tupperware party? Can you tell us a little bit about um, what that involved? Um, yes, I used to hold at least five um, Tupperware parties per week, and um, and we had a lot of people attend the parties. I demonstrated the products really, really well, and that's where I think there's been a little bit of a fall down with the you know not having the parties where the products demonstrated really, really well. Um, and uh, you know, I put a lot of effort. I did a lot of cooking at my Tupperware parties, and uh, I worked a lot amongst the farming community. And uh, and I also helped them um, deck their pantries out with the Tupperware modulars. Um, and I did it all for them, put all their products into the containers and had it looking really lovely. Mm. Wow. Yeah, a bit of response on this Tupperware. Back in the 70s, I went to a Tupperware party uh, in order to purchase a Tupperware bowl for tramping. I've still got the same bowl, uh, says Rex. Uh, it's a, a fa- Shirley has a fascinating insight into a whole, what was almost a revolution, Rwani Pereira. Yeah. Uh, I'm yeah. a big fan. I'm a big fan, um, Shirley. I um, I think, yes, for the amount of money you pay, yes, it's a bit upfront, but they last a lifetime, you know. I'm, I remember actually on Fair Go we did a story about the lifetime guarantee thing, which wasn't quite lifetime guarantee, but I've never had personally any problems. I've enjoyed, I love me a demonstration. Um, I've had... <laughs> 
you know, and I, it, it gave a sense of community, I think, you know, the neighbours getting around. I went to one probably in the last 10 years. Definitely I've been to a couple in the last 10 years. And my favourite is the gadget where um, it's like a beater. You put it in a container and you have a little cord and you like yes, whip the yes, cord. Do yes. you know the one I'm talking about, yeah, Shirley? The, it's the, genius. The chef. Yes, yes, I, I know oh, that one. Very, 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 very popular. Yes, yes, it was. Very, oh, I'm a huge fan and I do believe yes. it'll come back, you know. I mean, oh. yeah. Yes, yes. No, it's been a very, very sad time um, over the last, 12 months with Takwe disappearing from New Zealand altogether. I never, ever thought that would happen, um, you know, with such a fine product. But uh, but that's what has happened, unfortunately, and they haven't obviously kept up with the uh, with the times. And, uh, and unfortunately, this is what has happened. But yeah. I have still got the most wonderful memories, and it did us proud. You know, we've been on, my husband and I, I have been on lots and lots of trips all over the world due to Tupperware. And, oh. um, you know, we've, we, I had the I'm better just... days, and I'm so pleased yeah. I had them. All right, the Alexia Russell, let's bring in other panellists <laughs> and Shirley. Shirley, yeah, um, it wasn't just bowls. Was it, what was your favourite piece of Tupperware? My favourite was the modulars, which was the pantryware, because um, oh. I used to get classified as the Tupperware queen because <laughs> I used to love, um, I love preparing people's pantries and having them looking just um, really lovely. The other one, of course, is the old-fashioned Shato toy. Um, you know, everybody has a Shato oh, toy. The, the red and blue <laughs> the, one that you the put the, the shapes through. Yep. Stop it. Stop oh, it. Memories. Yes, Memories, yes. Shirley. Memories. At one part, they changed the colour. They changed the colour to pink and purple and pink and green, and the sales dropped so much they had to quickly bring it back to the <laughs> red, blue, and yellow. My yeah. baby sister had one, and you pulled it apart oh, to let the, the little mm, blocks that's out. Right. Yeah. Yes, Here's yes, one, Jess, Jess, Shirley yes. Jess says, Wallace, I'm 35, my mum married in 1967, and I have her wedding Tupperware. Yes, yes. Okay. Did it? No, you had wedding Tupperware. I... Yes. Yes, I did. Yeah. I did what we call bridal showers. You know, I did a lot of those uh, where people bought along money, and then the bride could choose Tupperware of her own choice, mm. and uh, which, which was wonderful. Yeah, yeah really. Can I just quickly Shirley. ask a quick question, yes. um, Shirley? Why not sell a Tupperware in shops? Why was it never sold like just at a retail store? Um, I feel the important part about Tupperware was the very, very good demonstrating, um, mm. and I think that is probably the reason. It's an um, art, yeah. You know, that we could demonstrate okay. it, they could see. We used to do cooking demonstrations, demonstrating the product. People could see it, they could feel it, and, and knew what they were buying. Bring it back, um, bring it back. Yeah. It does, the, yeah. A Sistema party Let's doesn't have the back. same ring. Yeah. Yep. yeah. Shirley, <laughs> yeah. lovely to have you on. It's been an honour. Oh, yes, yes. No, it's a thrill. And as I say, I'm a Tupperware lover, and I'm very sad that it's disappeared at the moment. That's Shirley Russ there, um, 44 years in Tupperware. Tupperware took her places, including around the world. Nikki Bazant's got in touch. Big fragrance fan here, Wallace. I wear them for my own pleasure too. It's the worst thing in the world when a favourite is discontinued. Uh, I'm a fan of the New Zealand company, Abel. I love their white vetiva. 
natural fragrances. Uh, kia ora, Nikki. I uh, hope you're well. Now, finally, uh, to this on the panel. This caught my eye. Earlier in the programme, we spoke to Mark about his extensive fragrance collection, but he's not the only one with a unique collecting habit. Nelson Simon Gall has his own 10 by 8 man cave. What lines the walls? Well, beer cans. He's what? What's, what's wrong, Alexia? Are you okay? Sorry. Simon, are you with Forever us? Forever 17. Simon, <laughs> Simon, forget the naysayers. I'm with you. And there's nothing like the odd responsible craft beer at the end of a week, isn't there? Well, indeed, although I will confess I'm more of an old lager boy myself. Okay. No, all right. Okay. So well, this is one of the finalists. This is the New Zealand uh, Gardener. Uh, and so you're not, you're not the winner, but the winner looked very eco uh, type. And I wanted, I wanted the beer can guy. Um, when did you start collecting, Simon? Well, quite a few years ago. It, it happened when I was um, co opted into doing a bit of hay carting um, during my holidays one time. And at the end of the day, we were given a beer. And it just happened that it was a beer that I'd never seen before, and I was quite struck with the artwork. And I thought it looked quite nice, and it kind of went into a bit of a box, and I thought, well, there must be others out there. And it just kind of grew from there. Can you recall what it was? Why could the draft? It was was a West End can which had an eagle on the front, and it was um, slightly different from most of the old states and DBs I'd seen at the time. Never heard of it. Alexia, um, there's there's something about, not a man cave, but a garden shed where you do your thing. It's, it's, a, it's, it's, it's a wonderful thing to have if you can have it. Well, yeah, I've, I've got a beautiful, <clears throat> well, girl cave. What's in there? All my gardening she shed. elements. Yep. She shed. Nice. Well, my husband says it's his shed, but mostly my gardening stuff is in there. So mm. he does his models there too. Rewani? Um, I think it looks amazing. I've seen um, yeah. I've seen uh, his shed online. There, there's a lovely photo of Simon's shed, and it looks amazing. It must be a real conversation starter, I suppose, amongst the guys. Like, oh, I've tried that one, or you know, is it a bit it of is. is it international it everywhere? Isn't it like it is? Yes, yep. Mm-hmm. And I mean, there is more than just the old cans in the shed. But what I what I like about it is when people come in and they'll see something from the past and it's like I remember granddad having that or my nana had one of those and it just evokes memories. Yeah and, and your shed just for the listeners is beautifully designed and set up you know you, you've got you got images perhaps of just this sort of um, this this stinky man cave with darts and uh, and all that sort of thing. it's not it's actually very stylish, well designed and you've got the beer cans um, displayed beautifully. Uh, the, did you do the cabinetry yourself? I did, and thank you for that, Wallace. But to be fair, what I went for was the rustic look, which was about my skill level, to be honest. Uh. Don't you ever worry that on recycling day you'll just go into a fit of, you know, tidiness and just chuck them all? No, no, I'm very fortunate that I have an incredibly understanding wife, so they're, they're stuck yeah. onto the wall and they'll stay. Yeah, my brother has stuck what about- the- Labels from these Sorry. new pale, these craft beers on his fridge because some of them are quite wonderfully mm. inventive. The new labels, yeah. New Rwani, are they empty cans, Simon? And are they earthquake? Is it been earthquake proofed in there? Uh, yes, they are, and yes, it has. They've been 
probably somewhat sacrilegiously stuck to the wall with liquid nails. Oh, Very good. So, wow. so what's the future? How do you, is it? Is it an active collection? Like, for example, this evening it's Friday afternoon. Do you go down <laughs> and buy a uh, whatever and um, sit in your cave by yourself? You read a book, um, have a pipe, uh, tobacco. What do you do? Well, I am starting to run out of space a little bit, and I don't think my wife would be too keen on me um, co-opting any other areas. So <laughs> it might have to be a bit of a change of tact. A growing collection. Hey, keep up the good work, Simon, and thanks for sharing your story about this uh, this wonderful uh, beer shed uh, in the garden. No, thank you. Very good. That's, That's Simon Gore there. I've, I've got to say, Wallace, it's been quite the show. You've got Mark with his... <laughs> Man shed or bedroom lined with perfume bottles. You've got Simon and his beer cans and Shirley with her modular Tupperware. Do you collect anything, Ron? <laughs> <laughs> ah, what do I collect? No. Oh, I used to collect stamps. I mean, yeah. full nerd mode. Yeah. Mm. Do you have a collection? They don't take up my place. No, nothing. Mm. I'm a minimalist. Is that right? So a, a real declutterer. Mm-hmm. Mm. Not that you look down on collections, of course. No, but, of course yeah. you can have your collection if you want to. As long as it stays away from my my shed. <laughs> <laughs> now, regarding uh, Tupperware, uh, Andrea. Uh, oh, a wonderful Andrea. Andrea Gordon. Kia ora My mum had a Tupperware-shaped toy for us, and it broke 30 years later, and they replaced it on the lifetime guarantee. And it was great. Ngamihi mahana, says uh, Andrea. And on that note... Um, Rowani Pereira, Alexia Russell, over and out Friday afternoon. You've been fantastic, both of you, Kia ora. I'm Wallace Chapman. Uh, it is Lisa Owen at Checkpoint Next. I am back with you at 3.45. Till then, here's a little bit of poison for you. Has its thorns